All right, we are back with the 133rd edition of the Quarantine Cast. Uh, I decided I was going to go big, and I couldn't go any bigger than this. It's the guy who really got me into this sport. He's uh, he's one of the best strikers on the face of the planet. And without further ado, I'm going to introduce him, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. What's up, my brother? How you doing? I'm doing I'm doing great, man. It uh, it means a lot that you took the time. I've I've spoken to Weston Wilson. I spoke to uh, to Ray. And it, uh, man, what a way to complete it to have you uh, join me on the quarantine cast. Heck yeah, man. Well, anytime, brother. I, I enjoy it for sure, dude. And especially anybody who's a fan of the sport, uh, I'm down. I love it. Um, so first things first, man, how are you doing? How have, uh, how were your holidays? It was actually really good, man. Very uh, eventful. You know, as, as soon as we left uh, after my fight with Jeff Neal, we flew to Disney World, uh, went to, took my nieces and nephews there, went to Islands of Adventure, just did the whole spiel, man. It was a lot of fun. I'm a huge Harry Potter fan, as you can tell. I got my Hufflepuff jacket on. <laughs> what was it like there with the pandemic and everything? Obviously, Florida's, I think, a little bit more open, but was there any issues there? No, it wasn't bad at all. I mean, it was still kind of packed. I mean, they were only allowing like half, um, uh, I think only half, uh, I guess, what do you call it? Like a... Yeah, to fill the to fill the arena the, the the Disney World up like they wouldn't let um, you know uh, everybody like everybody in so um, I think only half capacity is what they were saying but we had to keep the mask on it was it was a lot of fun we had we still had a great time like it didn't hinder anything so uh, um, it was it was awesome bro and then um, you know New Year's of course of course you know with the whole pandemic we had to get innovative when it first hit us. Uh, at our gym, our new school, we've been open for, shoot, 37 years here in Simpsonville, South Carolina. So I kind of grew up here. We just moved in a brand new facility. I don't know if you've seen it already, but it is amazing. And as soon as we moved in, the pandemic hit. We had to get innovative. We had to uh, do some online classes. But now that we're open, man, we just can't keep people out of here. It's 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 packed. And we're, we're loving every minute of it. So you said you've been there for uh, pretty much your entire life. There is a, a big event coming up in a few days, so happy birthday. Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Be 38, 38, 38. years old. It's feeling like I'm 25. <laughs> Any big plans, or are you just kind of taking it easy? Taking it easy, man. I mean, you know, the way with, with YouTube and the UFC, my life's pretty crazy, and I enjoy just being with family and friends, to be honest with you. So uh, you mentioned Jeff Neal. Uh, Incredible performance. I thought it was uh, one of the best performances of all of 2020. Um, so kind of talk about that, man. How's your how's your leg doing as well? Um, it's good. You know, uh, it was bruised up, banged up a little bit, tore my quad, um, and ended up tearing a ligament in my thumb or partially tearing a, lig a ligament in my thumb. So I'm allowing my, my hand to heal up um, from, I guess, I had jammed it during the fight, and, it's, and I, this isn't the first time I've, I've done it. I did last time I jammed it was when I fought George Masvidal. Guys who have their guard really high, I ended up jamming my thumb. So, you know, just letting it heal up, my, my quad's fine. Like, I'm out there moving around, kicking bags, taking leg kicks, but it's my hand that's kind of, you know, slowing me down a little bit. So hopefully we'll be back ready to rock and roll around April, May. I love it. I love it. There's – um. So in 2020, one of the biggest changes was the empty arena. I mean, you've fought for, for many years. You've lots and lots of fights in both uh, karate as well as MMA. So what was that like? I mean, that's probably something you haven't experienced in quite some time. Yeah, it's been a while since I've, I've fought in an empty arena. The first time I 
fought in an empty arena was my very first fight in the UFC, UFC 143. I was the very first fight on the card. Nobody in the arena. But to be honest with you, like the last one, it didn't bother me one bit. I kind of liked it. You know, of course, I know you kind of, you feed off the energy of the crowd, the whole fight week, everybody's coming in trying to get your autograph and you just feed off that energy. But then at the same time, when you're out there, I'm able to hear my coaches better. I'm able to hear my, hear my opponent's coaches. So I kind of know what he's thinking. So I didn't mind it at all. Um, I would rather have it that way. But you do kind of miss, when you look back at old fights, you do miss the the, the crowds, man, just hyping you up. Uh, it was cool. Very cool experience for sure. You kind of see both sides, like people like Anthony Smith at first had a hard time adapting to it. He would overexert himself. How do you kind of stay composed and, you know, not get, you know, overzealous and, and, and react based on the coaches, based on, you know, his reactions and, and things like that? Well, that's kind of based off of experience, to be honest. Like it's, it's something that you have to get used to. And that's why we go amateur first, right? I had, man, close to 30 something amateur fights. And um, that's when I did most of my learning, how my body reacts to pressure, um, dealing with the nerves before um, the fight, after the fight, um, the weight cut, things like that is how is, you know, during that amateur process is how you is when you figure things out. You have a lot of guys that'll have two or three amateur fights and go pro, which I don't agree with because you, then you, you're still uh, trying to play catch up. You're still learning, um, you know, how to deal with the nerves and, um, you know, inside the octagon as well. Uh, and that that's just all an experience. Like for me, I'm the type of guy, you know, of course you're super nervous, but in the back, I knew guys that, you know, burn themselves out before they even step out there because they're pacing in the back. They're just, they just can't stop moving. I've taught myself to sleep. I sleep when I'm in the back getting ready to, to go out and fight. My dad will wake me up like two fights, maybe a fight before I'm supposed to go out, hit a little mitts and then go for it. You know, it's almost like your body doesn't even have time to get nervous. But uh, that's how I kind of cope with the nerves, you know. Um, so for me, it was just in my amateur um, stage is when I had to learn a lot about. I learned a lot about my body and kind of deal with all the ins and outs of the game. There's uh, one thing that you never experienced up until fighting Anthony Pettis, and that was suffering a knockout loss. Um, hate bringing it up, but I had to. It's uh, all good, man. Trust how me. How do you? How do you kind of? put that, I guess, behind you next fight. I mean, you're fighting Vicente Luque, who's very, very powerful. How do you kind of drown that out and, and not, you know, be hesitant or not, you know, uh, react based on the fact that you're scared of maybe getting knocked out again? Well, I knew at the time, like, that was the very first time I've been knocked out. And I don't take a lot of damage like most guys out there. A lot of guys out there take a ton of damage, you know, um, and they lose their chin just from the, con the, the constant, you know, bashing of a fist up against their skull and for me the way just my style it's 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 uh, it allows me not to be able to take that much damage so it was the first time i've been knocked out and it was a fear that i've had since i first started fighting i've always wanted to know what it kind of felt like and it was one of those opportunities like hey it happened it happened and um now i don't have to fear it because it wasn't that bad to be honest with you i mean i would rather get knocked out in the first round than just get my behind whooped for five, five in a rounds, you know? Um, I woke up in the back, didn't have a headache. Well, what I mean by is that that I came to in the back. I was I was awake in the cage, but I wasn't all there. Um, but, you know, got an MRI, CAT scan, CAT scan, no brain bleeds or anything like that. Uh, so everything was good. So coming back off of something like that, you know, 
um, it's all about preparation. You know, I took the time off to give my brain, my body time to heal. And that's a big part. I knew a lot of guys who get knocked out and step out there a few weeks later, you know, next thing you know, they get knocked out again and then their chin's not the same. So, you know, my dad, my coach, my head coach, my dad didn't allow me to step out there too soon. I wanted to, I wanted to step back out there, you know, as soon as I could just to redeem myself because there was a fight in my hometown like a month later. And we and the UFC was expecting me to fight on that card. And we were like, no, we're not going to do it. You know, just give my, my head time to heal up and be ready to rock and roll. So that was a big part, just giving myself time to heal up. Uh, yeah, I actually spoke to him on his perspective because it was the first time he had seen you be knocked out as well. And yeah, he's your, your head coach, but he's also your father. So when you go to the back and, you know, and you, you're letting things sink in, you had just got knocked out in front of your dad. How did that feel? Um, you know, my dad's there. He, he, yeah, he's my dad. But when it, when it's fight week, when we're in the gym, he's coach. And I know that he's got my best interest at heart and he's going to be there for me in a win or a loss in the most positive way. Yeah. He told me, you know, um, after the fight, you know, he loved me and, you know, we got some things we got to work on defensively, defensive wise, but he said he was proud of me, man. He, no matter what, I took it like a champ and, not just win like a champion, but lose like a champion as well. And that's, you know, uh, that's kind of what it, I wanted my fans to see. You know, when a lot of people after a loss are down in the dumps, you know, and, you know, looking down on themselves, but I was winning that fight. You know, I, I got caught, yeah, but I gave it my all. Like, I would rather, I, would, I could be disappointed if I got knocked out and not, and, and, not have given it a hundred percent out there, then I have a reason to be disappointed, but I gave it all I got. So there's no reason for me to be, to be disappointed. He just caught me. And, um, you know, uh, it was all good. Pops was, he was cool. Even after a win, you know, I can knock the guy out in the first round. My dad's telling me what I should have done better in that first round, you know, and that's what, and that's how I grow. That's how I get better. So he's the best in those kind of ways. That relationship really is rare. You know, the father-son duo, and as well as a head coach and son. I mean, you see it with guys like Habib and Ronda, but they also had – Habib's had other coaches. He had Javier Mendez, right, and, and same with Ronda. So describe that and, and the pros and cons of having him as your head coach year-round, like living with you and everything. You know – that's just something that we've been doing since day one. Obviously, there's a lot of father-son duos out there that did that you've seen not make it, like Roy Jones Jr. and his dad, uh, Mayweather and his father. And I think it gets to the point where when the when the student starts to get a little success, they start to think they know a little bit more than the coach, yeah. you know. And I think that has to do with ego. Um, I, I consider myself an ob ob observant person, so I learn from the from. I see that and I learn from their mistakes. And yeah, I mean, what father son doesn't butt heads, but I know at the end of the day in the gym, in the school, he's coach, you know, we know how to separate that. Yeah. He's dad outside. We're at home having dinner or just hanging out with the fam. He's pops, but in the gym, whatever he says goes. And he's trained a lot of world champions and, and fighters since the seventies. So I know he knows what he's talking about. And, um, you know, Khabib understood that as well. Yep. You know, he understands that we get very limited time with our with our parents. 
you know, and my dad always told me that since day one, since I was a kid or as a teenager, you know, at the time I didn't want, you know, at that, at that time, you don't want to spend time with your pops. Right. But my dad always told me, he was like, listen, man, I'm not going to be around for long, spend as much time with your pops as possible. And that's something he told me. That's something that he took advantage of, took, took for granted because his dad was gone um, when he least expected it. And he wished he had more time with him. And I just don't want that. But to have a sport like this, to be able to share with my dad, with my dad is awesome. And a lot of our students see that, you know, yeah. their, their kids start up and the next thing you know, their other kid starts up. And the next thing you know, the, the whole family started up and it's just something that they can share and do together, go home and talk about and to help each other with and grow stronger as a family, not just martial artists, but to grow as a family as well. Cause not a lot of people don't have, don't have that, you know, they don't get that. You know, so I think it's something special. Yeah, I mean, I can relate. My my little brother plays soccer, and my dad played as well. And they're over in Europe, living their dreams together, which is kind of neat. Uh, left me behind in Canada, but uh, <laughs> it's kind of, it's kind of cool to see, like you know, like you said, family really comes together through sport, um, and it's beautiful to see. And it's amazing that you have that relationship. There was a there was one moment he said that stood out to him throughout your entire career. And that was a training session with Anderson Silva. So I'd like to get your perspective on it. What was that experience like? Man, that was the coolest moment of my life just to be able to go out there. And cause at the time, you know, you know, Anderson's the goat, you know, he, Oh man, I don't know how many title defenses he had, but it was ridiculous. And he's the best of the best, uh, best striker who I, I think ever stepped out in the octagon. Of course there's, guys out there like Izzy Adesanya, myself, but at the time, like, I mean, to me, he's the GOAT. And um, to be able to spend in his prime, to go out there to California, spend some time with him at Black House, do some sparring with him and Leo Tomachita was just a dream come true, man. It was really, really cool to see him and to feel what it was like to fight him. It was just awesome. The guy could go from a Muay Thai stance, fighting style, to a karate fighting style like that i'm just like what you know it was awesome so it was super neat man i was looking for a management company at the time this was before i was in the ufc and my brother-in-law carlos machado knew the guys up there at black house and i didn't end up going with those guys because you know they all spoke portuguese and not a whole lot of them spoke english you know so i didn't go with them, but it was a cool experience man yeah, I mean, I can only imagine. And and besides that, he's also one of the NMFers as well. He's one of he's got to be up there, right? Yeah, he's got to be. Yeah, him and GSP both. Him and GSP, man. Yeah. If, if, there's there's Mount Mount if there's a Mount Rushmore, the three of you are on there for sure. <laughs> oh, thank you, dude. Thank you. Um, speaking of an, uh, another guy who's really nice, Chase Hooper just spent a bunch of time with you. So, what was that experience like? Super cool kid, man. The kid's twenty-one years old. Yeah. I mean, like. And he's in the like he's in the UFC. I'm like, what? I didn't get into the game till I was, you know, late twenties. I didn't get in the UFC till I was 28 years old, so fairly late in the game. But for somebody like him, um, I think that's really really cool. I'm 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 very proud of him and and uh, the person he is. Man, I got to meet him for three weeks. Only I mean, short period of time, but the improvement that he that he's made since he was here was just great. And there's so much more that he can improve on. Obviously, it's a striking. He needs to develop and grow. But he, the kid's got the heart, man. He's got the will. He's always in the gym. He was here on time, every training session. And that's something my dad takes personally. Like, if you're not on time, he's getting on you. 
and when I told him that, I mean, he was awesome. He helped out a lot of our guys too with jujitsu because the kid's a wizard when it comes to jujitsu. He spent some time with Ryan Hall. And I think it was Ryan Hall that told him about us because Ryan Hall spent some time with us. And as you can tell, his last few fights, uh, his striking has improved too. Yep. So that's something that we want Chase Hooper to have. I mean, he's he's like 6'1", fights at 145 pounds. I'm like, that's ridiculous. Nobody should be getting close on Chase Hooper. Nobody. Because he's got longer arms than I do, longer legs than I do. And so that's something that we're working on. So we'll definitely see him here more. Hopefully we'll see him here more often uh, in between camps or <clears throat> during his training camps just to help him out a little bit more. But it was really cool to have him here. I want to talk about a couple of prospects that maybe people aren't aware of. And one of them is a guy that the first person from that gym that I've spoke to was Weston Wilson. So talk a little bit about training with him and maybe even elaborate on some of the, some of the other guys that maybe we haven't heard of. So Weston Wilson, who I, I, I always tell him he's a superhero. I mean, Bruce Banner, Peter Parker, you know, <laughs> Wade Wilson, Weston Wilson. I mean, come on, you're a superhero, dude. Uh, he just has a superhero name and, the kid, man, he's got such a big heart, this guy. He is so willing. He's here literally every day at 10 a.m. and will train with anybody who's here. He's willing to help out. He's such a team player. He helps me. He gives me advice on my YouTube channel. Uh, helps me out, gives me advice. <clears throat> he's just a super sweet guy. Man. A family man. He's got like three or four girls. Uh, and he brings them into the gym all the time. Uh, but he's a 145er pro. Um, he spent a lot of time in California, but just wasn't getting the attention um, there. So, and striking was something he really wanted to work on. He spent some time and trained with uh, Raymond Daniels and stuff like that. But um, been here, but he's, he's you know spent some time here, like a week or two, and decided to move here. He just loved it so much. So, we got him full time now. The guys of brown belt and Brazilian Jiu Jitsu should be black belt. The guy's really really good. So smooth. Um, but he's improving every day and I just love to have, you know, that's what makes it fun for me, for these guys to come in. And cause when I learn from these guys, I always go into a training camp, even though I know, you know, I'm in the UFC, there's always something that I can learn from you. You know, always come into anybody's, you know, class or, you know, always listen to people if they're giving advice, uh, come in with an empty cup because there's some, there's always something I can learn. I've learned so much from, 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 uh, from Weston. So I'm glad to have him a part of the team. And that's what makes training for me fun. You know, going to a, going to a gym to where teammates, they care about you, about your well-being. They care about your, your success because, uh, you know, on top of that, when he gets better, I get better. When I get better, he gets better. And that's what yeah. the team should be about. There's a lot of gyms out there full of people that are just selfish, man. And MMA is a selfish sport. People are trying to rip your head off. You know, they want you to come in to help them out. But when it's time for them to get help, you know, for training, you're nowhere, they're nowhere to be found. So it, I love my gym. I love it. Yeah, there's really this game, this sport really is one that you can never expert it. Like you, you'll never be a master. There's always something you can learn. You can never perfect it because there's so many different disciplines, um, which is which is awesome. And like you said, you can learn from anybody. I, I mean, I'm I'm still a white belt in jujitsu, and people have said like, hey, I learned something from you. You moved in a way that black belts don't move. It's like, yeah, dude, exactly. that's awesome. You train, bro. Congrats, man. Yeah, Stay I'm still grind. I'm trying. I'm trying, man. I'm brand new to it, but uh, it's fun, and and there's like you said, there's so much room to grow, and and it, I enjoy it. Um, I'll go back. I'll come back to you uh, for a couple more questions. 
your YouTube, it's really grown. It's seen a lot of success. What was the point of starting it other than, you know, just getting a platform out there for you? But why did you choose, you know what, this is the way to do it? Because you have success in other disciplines and other avenues. Why was it that you chose, let's, let's, let's try some YouTube? Um, you know, doing a lot of interviews and things like that. We did a few, we would call it wonder walks on Facebook. When I was getting ready for Rory McDonald, it was just a, uh, every day leading up to the fight of during fight week, me, Chris Weidman, my brother and my dad, we just did what we called the wonder walk on Facebook where we just kind of hung out, walked with the fans. I did it after every meal. I just kind of walked, uh, around Canada, uh, just talking to fans and people loved it, man. They were like, man, you should do your own YouTube channel. So that's when it started to pop in my head that people were like, man, you got the personality for YouTube. And uh, my brother, Tony, had mentioned it to me like years ago. Hey, man, you should do your own YouTube channel. Everybody on, on social media is asking you, you know, how you do your techniques. And because uh, you have such a unique style, people are wanting to know about it. So, uh, you know, me and my brother talked about it just in passing, just to kind of laugh about, oh, man, we should do a YouTube channel. It'd be awesome, blah, blah, blah. And then one day, we, I think we were uh, on vacation, and then we just decided to do it. You know, we had just for just to wing it, just to have some fun, you know, do something different. We had no idea what we were doing. You know, we got a camera, and we kind of played with it. And then we started to do, like, uh, vlogs, right? We started to do vlogs, but then it was like crazy editing you had to do with vlogs. So we just started to do Technique Tuesdays, something very easy to edit, something fun. And then it just grew from there. Now we have a Technique Tuesday. Uh, we have a vlog on Friday, something fun that we do. We've been collabing with some really cool people and didn't really realize it was going to grow the way it did. I mean, we had over 100,000 in less than a year, and now we're almost at 300,000. A little over two, a little over two years, or maybe right at two years. Um, so, uh, got to meet some really cool people with it, man. And it was just something we wanted to do, just to have some fun. And we were winging it. <laughs> it's funny because that's exactly how I I was bored right during the pandemic, and I was like, why don't I start interviewing? Also, I was like, by the end of 2020, I want to interview three fighters. In the first week, I interviewed two. Like, <laughs> that's <laughs> awesome, man. So, so it's 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 funny how open. Uh, fighters are and, and how easy they are to access and and uh, it's not like any other sport so um, yeah it, it's funny how how you started the exact same way just out of curiosity yeah um, it's a, yeah it's just it's just something that we're having fun with man and yeah. we've had some pretty phones pretty fun. it's funny though what you know some of the things you think is going to just do awesome you know what I mean they just they just crash and some of the things like my shin conditioning video I thought I was just off the whim, it wasn't going to do good. And it's one of our highest viewed videos, you know, it's, it's crazy how that YouTube, you know, algorithm works, but we're having a blast, man. All right. I'll ask a couple more and then I'll, uh, and then I'll let you go. Obviously, obviously there's a big fight this weekend in your division. I'm sure that's a title fight that you're watching very, very heavily. Um, two fighters that I'm sure you could probably face somewhere down the line. What's your prediction for that fight? Oh man, that's a hard, that's a tough one. I mean, I love Usman. I think he's a great champ. You know, he's very positive. He works hard. He's always on the grind. He's a family man. Um, I think I think he's a great champion. The guy, you know, he's very good at what he does, and um, he stick to he sticks to his game plan. He very rarely does he ever get out of bad position, and he's got cardio for days. But this is definitely the toughest fight for him 
today. Uh, Gilbert Burns is is very good striking. He's been knocking dudes out, uh, and he's a high level jujitsu practitioner. I mean, so you're thinking, you know, is the fight going to be standing? Are we going to see another Usman uh, and Colby Covington fight where the grappling just cancels each other out? Are they going to have to stand there and bang it out? I, I believe Usman's got the longer reach. He's a very clean striker. He, like I said, he very rarely puts himself out of bad position. But Gilbert Burns very explosive. He can close the gap fast. Um, so man, it's just it's like it's like give me a give me a, a quarter and let me just flip. And you know, heads is Usman, tails is Burns. That's how I kind of look at this fight because you know, that's what makes this game so so fun. About drop 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 my phone there for a second. Uh, that's what makes this game so fun. Like you can stand there and look at these guys and just just like. Anybody can take home the win at any given time. You know, whoever shows up this Saturday, it could be either, either one of them. They're the ones that's going to be going home with, with, with the belt. Um, man, if I have to pick, I'm going, I'm going for my man, Usman. I'm going for Usman. Um, I just think he can, he can, his wrestling can cancel out um, Gilbert Burns Jiu-Jitsu. And, but that's the thing too. Like they've trained with each other. They've had they have over a thousand training sessions together, sparring sessions. So it's like they know each other so well. But I think what Usman has as an advantage is actually getting out of his gym and and going to another gym, getting different looks, getting different coaches to bring back a, to to give him a different look on the fight game could definitely help him win this fight. I'm just gonna put this out there. Usually when you flip a coin, heads tends to land slightly more often than tails. So there you go. I didn't even so know I, that. I didn't know that. Uh, don't know why. I think it might just be it weighs a little bit more. But anyway, uh, so yeah, I, I like that. I like that breakdown. Uh, I have Usman winning too, but I think it's just because we haven't seen a blemish. It's it's yeah. you know we, he hasn't lost in so long that it's it's really hard to pick against him. Yeah, um, I agree. But momentum is going Burns way, so it's really really exciting. Yeah, and he's fired up, man. You got somebody with that kind of like, you know, enthusiasm and confidence. Like it's hard to break somebody like that. Yeah. And that leads me to this last question. I mean, you're probably one fight away from from fighting one of those two two men uh, for the belt. Is there a name that you know ideally you'd like to fight? Obviously, there's rumors of Nick Diaz coming back. Michael Chiesa had a big win. Jorge Masvidal was on the tip of your tongue after your last fight. Is there any name that you're like, you know what? That's the fight I want. At this point, it's obviously somebody that's ranked above me. You know, the last three, four fights that I've had have been guys ranked behind me, especially the last two undefeated guys, uh, seven-fight winning streaks, been knocking guys out, Vicente Luque and, and Jeff Neal. So, <clears throat> you know, I, 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 you know, I'm 38. You, I'll be 38 uh, this Thursday, but I feel like I'm 25. Like I'm still, you know, can go for the title. I, I know I can win it. I know I can go for it. And, you know, I, I just – praying that the UFC is not the type to, you know, make me, you know, trying to make me a gatekeeper. I'm not a gatekeeper. Um, so yeah, anybody that's ranked above me, I know there's everybody ranked above me could possibly have fights. I know Edwards is fighting Hamzat. I know they're trying to make the the Colby, the Colby Covington and uh, um, uh, George Masvidal fight. But if that doesn't fall through, give me George Masvidal. And of course, if Nick Diaz comes back, I think that he's got a, a big name. I would love to fight him as well. So anybody raked above me or somebody with a, a big name like that would be awesome. All right, man. I don't want to take up any more of your time. Uh, I'm already at 30 minutes and I could talk to you for an hour, but um, yes. well, let's do it again sometime, man. 
I'm always down. That's a, that, that made me so happy when you said that. I'm always down. So thank you very much for the time. And I appreciate it. Thank you, my brother. You have a good one, my friend. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, you too. All the best. Yes, sir. There we go. That was Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. Like I said, uh, I tried so hard not to fanboy throughout that entire thing, but he's one of the guys that got me into the sport. Obviously, his legacy and everything speaks for himself. Former title challenger twice. He fought um, Tyron Woodley twice to uh, for the title, and he's right in the mix. He's you know a fight away from a title shot. Obviously, an honor to speak to him. And uh, yeah, so if you guys haven't yet, be sure to like, comment, and subscribe, and I will see you guys next time.